www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. sound i think everyone like in the entire building probably heard that. i heard it that happens to me quite often actually where you have everything turned up real loud well, see I, I i run my amp a little bit hotter so that it, i think it sounds better when you run your amps a little bit hotter <laughs> than when they're quieter you know so but i so i can control the volume in itunes but other programs will will they just be automatically set to full volume like when I go to watch a, a clip online, like on you on well YouTube remembers, but other uh, other video sites, all like, of a sudden it's like, it's like and everyone everyone hears and they're yeah. like, whoa, what's he listening to in there? So yeah, that that happens quite frequently. <laughs> but um, hey, hi, hey, hi, welcome, hi, welcome. It's great to have you back for episode. Are you ready for this? Here we go, drum roll, seventy. Hey. Seven zero. Hey, That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, it and is. You know what? It's been two years. That we've been doing this? Yeah. Go us. Yeah, since like May of 08, I think, is when we started. Wow. So, yeah, cruising uh, right along. That's pretty cool. We're still in there. We're doing it. Yep, we haven't given up. <laughs> no, never. No. Probably after episode 100, we'll give up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Then, <laughs> well, then people will stop listening. No. Well, when, once we once we keep put publishing the episodes, they'll they'll realize we haven't given up. You know what I think though? I think if I think well, I think two things. If we ever decide to quit, we should like auction off the the podcast, like on eBay or something. Auction it <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> yeah. How do you auction off something for free or that's free? Well, like auction off the rights to it to be able to, to oh. make another to c- continue it. Like I've seen people do that with domains. Like, are you serious? Yeah, I like, didn't know you could even do that kind of thing. Yeah, like when you want to get rid of a domain, you know, that you've run a site for for a few <laughs> years, you auction it off on eBay or something, and oh. whoever wants it the most pays the most. And you know. I always thought it was clever. I've heard of these guys who they they make a living or not a living, but maybe they they make. A, a certain amount of money by um, actually registering domain like website domains for big bas- businesses before the businesses are yeah. big, you know. So, so like you know, especially I, I don't know if it's done as much now, but back when like the World Wide Web was just coming into existence, you know, these companies would would uh, or sorry, these people would find big giant companies that they assumed would want a website with their name in it, you know, so they they would like register domains like Nordstrom.com or or pizza hut dot com 
And and then of course, you know, the Nordstrom people would be like, uh, can we use that? Yeah, sure. If you give me ten thousand dollars, you can use it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a slimy way to do it. It is pretty slimy. Yeah. Well, I remember um I, I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh I, I used to be in a band, forgiven much, um, in college and and uh, we we were trying to do like a a website thing, you know, and there was this so forgiven much we wanted to do, you know, www.forgivenmuch.com, but it was taken and all it was was like you go to that and it just had this thing that said like site under construction, you know, and there was nothing there to it. And and we had contacted the guy originally, hey, you know, can we just use it? And he's like, No. And and then he kept it, he kept that website open for like five years with nothing on it. And we eventually ended up doing forgive much music dot com. So we added the the music in there so we could be identifiable. But yeah, I kind of had a feeling he was like trying to do something like that. He wanted your money. Yeah, he's like, give me a thousand bucks and it's yours. Yeah. So anyway, but you know, we could either auction it off. Okay. Or like a, another site, another podcast. I just kind of decided to start listening to again, but um, they. He was stopped listening. Yeah, I had stopped listening to. Well, it's not really relevant to me. It's more like a website. Geek. It's called Geeks and God. You're a nerd. And um and nerd. I'm not doing any of that stuff anymore with my job, so I didn't really need to listen to it, but I just decided to pick it back up. Anyway, um they they just kinda they just passed it off on to someone else and just kinda like did this did one episode where they were all together and talked about why they're about the transition and stuff like that. And then the new guys are taking it over. So ah. So, you know, maybe, you know, if we, you know, when we t- hit 50 and we're no, no longer relevant as as worship leaders, then, then we <laughs> might need to do something like that. Sweet. But anyway, that's totally irrelevant and off topic and has nothing to do with anything. So, ah. so there you go. There's our, there's our start to episode 70. <laughs> the random, just like we've done every other podcast. Randomness of the day. <laughs> but, uh. Anyway, you want to you want to jump right in? Yeah, let's jump let's, in. Let's dive in, especially since we're trying. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, no, especially since we're uh, we're we're gonna and we're gonna try to as best as we can keep our episodes shorter. What was our goal? Like twenty five. Twenty five minutes. minutes. We'll we'll end the talking like right around twenty five minutes. Yeah, we'll so. see how we'll see how this episode yeah. goes. Yeah. But I don't know. We like talking, and sometimes we talk a lot, and mm-hmm. we recognize that people have shorter and shorter attention spans. And well, not that, but like, but I think <laughs> like the average commute, you know, is like twenty minutes. Oh, see, yeah. You know, so you can try and keep it around that time, then people can listen. No to it more forty minute episodes. All right. We'll try. There we'll no try. guarantees. You know, there may come a time when the discussion is just too... It's too good. Too good to, to cut it off. Or if we're talking, we're interviewing somebody, we might not want to cut that Don't off Don't want to cut it off. But, uh, Keep it going. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try. We're going to make yep. an effort. Yep. We're not so, gonna, like, not like 100%. All that to say, we're diving in. We're going deep. Um, and over our heads. <laughs> how, how, wait, how's it? Uh, and over my head, I want to be... If I want to be caught up. Caught, caught in, in the, the storm, rush, rush, caught lost in the, in the flow, lost in the flow, and over my head, and, I want to go. And see, you know way better than I do. Oh, I'm a huge, huge team. SCC all the uh-huh. way, baby. Yeah. SC squared. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's because I don't, you know, a lot of people disagree with me, but there are very few writers in Christian music that have accomplished what he's accomplished. Yeah, he's... He's, he's pretty much like in his own league. He's been pretty much a staple of Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even more so than Amy Grant or Michael Levy Smith mm-hmm. because, you know, he's... Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman is still putting stuff out that's, like, good relevant. and relevant. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and he's been doing it for, like, 20-plus years. Yeah. So that... more Probably more than that. Oh, yeah, it's probably close to 30. What, what was his first album? His first album was a, The Great um, Adventure? Or? No, first album was, like... First hand or or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way before Great Adventure. Oh, yeah. First, Great Adventure was like his sixth album or something Jeez. like that. So he's put out a lot, yeah. a lot of albums. The first he's one. He's my hero. The first one that I ever really, um, the the one that got me hooked was Heaven in the Real World. I remember listening to that and I, I'm thinking, Where wow. Is the hope? <laughs> Where is the peace? Peace, peace. That each of us has. <laughs> I memorized that. Man, you to, you totally know it. You totally got this down. Let's Chuck Colson. I also like Chuck Colson. He's yeah. Hey, that gives me a good idea for a segment I can do with you. Because, um, you know, you've been doing segments with me like Can Kevin Do It? Um, what was the other one you did with me? Well, that's that's not you. It's more like uh, Stump the Band. Stump, no, the, not stump okay. the Band. Slam the Band. Slam the Band. <laughs> And then can Kevin do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, I got one. I just got a brilliant idea. And uh, light bulb is shining. The light bulb shining. Right it, we can call it, can David quote it? And I can give you the line to like a song, like a worship song. And you have to tell me like what song it is or finish the quote or I don't know, something do like that. Do you have that. any theme music? No, I, I, I don't know. Can he quote it? <laughs> there it is. There's your theme music, all right? All right. So I'll have to come up with some good... Um, Are you going to do it right now or are we going to wait till the next episode? Oh, I could try to think of something right now. We can wait because we're going to run out of time. It's already <laughs> 10 minutes. So. Yeah, we're, we're, weren't we making this thing shorter? <laughs> we're so bad. Uh, it's just so easy to, to talk. Um, okay, so, all right, we'll save that for next time. I'll come up with a list of some really good songs. Maybe I'll, I'll mix in some... Uh, some worship songs with some contemporary Christian songs. Obviously, I I don't have it. I don't stand a chance if I do a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. So I'll you stay I'll you stay away from me. Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, but yeah, that that'll be cool. I'll come up with a good list for you. Can David quote it? Well, something we'll see. like that. All right, hey. So getting into the topic because we only have like fifteen minutes now. Um, so. I was I was thinking um, we're you sound like Napoleon Dynamite just now. Uh, <laughs> uh, shut up! I was thinking as as I was coming here and we were talking, you know, talking about what to do, what to talk about. I recently got a survey from the school I I went to college at Multnomah University. David and I both went there. Um, and just kind of a survey that they're sending out to, uh, to people who went there during the last seven years, asking what they thought about the majors and minors that they were involved in. Both David and I were music majors at Multnomah. And 
anyway, the, the whole thing got me thinking about just school, higher education, um, you know, going going to school to be trained as a worship pastor versus just being in the field as a worship pastor and learning through experience. Um, you know, is is school important? Is it necessary? Um, and and if it is, what kind of things can you learn? What kind of things can schools do better at? Because I'm sure Multnomah can do things better. Um, I would have to agree. Yeah. So and 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 maybe we can start by talking about that. I, I don't know if this is too personal to talk about or not. Um, it's nothing I wouldn't be willing to say to Multnomah themselves. Okay. So yeah. So so I think David and I had. Um, I, I haven't actually talked to David specifically, but I'm guessing that we had different takes on the survey. Uh, when I filled out the survey, I was pretty positive and said, "Hey, I thought I thought the music program was pretty good. Um, I think there was a few things they could have improved on, maybe some leadership development stuff, but I thought it was a great, you know, Bible-based uh, program that centered around theoretical application of worship." Um, or theoretical approaches towards worship. So, so I, I found school to be helpful. I, I found that it it somewhat helped me, you know, to become the worship leader I am today. Uh, I, I don't think it was solely responsible. I think a lot of it came from just me, you know, learning stuff on my own and me just going out and doing it. Um, but I think Multnomah is, definitely was a huge influence, and the stuff I learned there. Um, I've, I've still used to this day. So, so my, my, my reply to the survey was, was pretty positive. Mine was a little different. Okay. And, um, I'll preface it by saying, I think that, that, uh, like, well, when we were there, it was Miriam Gibby and Amy and a couple of adjunct people. Not really. I mean, Miriam was really the only full-time music anything in music right right and and i said this in in the survey but i i think that they do a tremendous job with what they have to work with Mm. i think in terms of facilities in terms of the you know the technology that they that they get and the new technology they're able to get in terms of the amount of money that's sent their way for uh staff you know i think they do a really good job with what they have i don't think the school does a good enough job supporting the, that the music program. Yeah, I think I think if they want a serious music program, then then they're going to have to seriously reevaluate it. Which it seems like maybe that's what they're doing. Or, you know, when they became a university, that now they're they're looking at maybe making it a little more serious. I you know, Multnomah does Bible and theology really well. Yeah, and that was you know that was my positive thing in there. So, you know, they do they do that <laughs> well, but but to do I, the only way to to do what you need to do to train worship leaders uh, the way they're trying to do is to either make it a five-year program or to cut back the Bible and theology requirements some more. I know they cut wow. like one or two classes maybe, but but I think they could, if they really want a serious, a serious music ministry program, then they're going to have to be willing to make some, some tough so, decisions. So you think adding a, a whole... Another year, like what? What kind of things would you add in that fifth year? Well, see, I kind of view your training in college. You know, you 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 kind of over prepare so that when you get into the real world, you've covered as much, you know, of whatever situation you might end up in. Because you know, you can't 
you can't, you know, not every church is the same, so sure. you can't train the same, but, you know, you, you train for the, the entire spectrum of, of churches that are out there. And then when you land in a church, you have some experience, you know, for that, for being a worship leader in that church. And mm-hmm. so, so to do that, it's going to take more time. And, you know, I think like for, you know, I think music theory, I think they probably did okay, but I think it needs to be better. You know, and you know, a lot of people don't like choral conducting, but I, th- but I think it's still relevant, mm. and I think it's still necessary. And I think it's you know, even if even if you're in a church where you only do it once every couple of years, you want to be able to to lead the choir when you're actually doing it. Or, but you know, singing in a choir and being part of a choir is a great learning experience for musically speaking. See, so, but, but this is coming from a perspective of someone who who likes choir, who's really gifted in choir, because you're. You're you're a gifted conductor. You're a gifted choir leader. Yeah, but that came, but that also came from. See, I have two different schools that I experienced. I, you know, I did half of my education at Indiana Wesleyan, which has a, a school of music. Yeah, it's, it's actually a, a school an of accredited music. school of music. Yeah. Wow. And then and then Multnomah. So neither of them, I will say, neither of them did a good job training <laughs> leadership. Like teaching you to be a leader, right? And the, and the aspects, I mean, they, which is what I was talking about. They kinda. both had a course in it, but but that's not enough. Yeah, you know? one, one class in a semester, yeah. you know, isn't right. Which I mean, that was kind of my comment because I feel like a lot of what I do as a worship pastor is leadership stuff. You know, being being a good leader, trying to be a better leader, um, helping to lead my team to new places. Uh, helping to raise up other leaders, so you know, doing my own leadership development, and yeah. Well, yeah, I think there are other courses that they don't have that I think are necessary. Like I think a course in contemporary arranging mm. should be a requirement. I mean, how how can you send a worship leader to a church that you have who knows what musicians? And not and ex- and then just expect them to be able to throw something together good, right? Just you know, without having actually learned any arranging skills. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you there. I didn't I didn't put that on my survey, but I'll agree that I think Multnomah or any any worship music program uh, should have a, a class on worship team dynamics. I mean, being able to play together with a worship team, being able to I mean, because there's so much that has to happen with a worship team in contemporary music, playing together, working together, being able to arrange so that it's not all instruments playing all the time, but just knowing what sounds good, you know? Mm-hmm. I, know. I know I could, I would have benefited from it, you know? Sure. Especially, you know, I would be a lot further along now. <laughs> If yeah. I had had that back then, then. Then having to try to learn. Yeah, you have to learn so, it all by so listening. What, all right, let me ask you this, David. What um, what what was your, what was uh, one big positive about Multnomah and one big negative about Multnomah? Positive. Well, I think the biggest positive is just the Bible and theology. Okay, what about the music program? What's one big positive about the music program? Oh, he's searching. He's thinking hard. he's he's really racking his brain big positive you know i mean honestly i don't i mean (laughs) like i said it's not a reflection on on miriam or 
or the music department. But I j- they're, it's just so inferior compared to what you would get at a secular or, you know, or at a, at a school of music or at a, at a, you know, secular college where you actually learn music theory. You know, I, I just think that it's in terms of preparing you as a musician and, and, you know, and the, the caliber of musicians that they're putting out, the ones that stand out weren't trained at Multnomah. The ones that stand out aren't, aren't, becoming great musicians at Multnomah they were great musicians or at least pretty good musicians when they went in and Multnomah kind of gets to take the credit for that you know like you 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 had a lot of experience and knowledge and skill when you went to Multnomah but you know Multnomah gets to take the credit for you because you graduated (laughs) from there but but your musical training has actually I think probably very little to do with Multnomah and more with your experience I I wouldn't say has I wouldn't say has little to do I think Multnomah is shaped like like was a part of it. I, I think I already had a good a good understanding of music and and playing, and I already had a good understanding of, of worship teams and dynamics going into it. I think Molnoma shaped it, and then coming out of it and working as a as a worship pastor, being in that kind of vocational ministry, I think it's really obviously it's really shaped me now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to the point where I, I I can look back and say, well, you know, th- there are some things. That Multnomah could have done better, but come on, I know there's got to, I know there's got to be something about the music program. But that I mean, the the good things about the music program weren't because of the music program. Like Forgiven Much, I think was a great thing, but it wasn't because of the music <laughs> program that it existed. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The music program allowed it to exist, but I, you know, I think for you guys were the best thing that happened while while we were there. I, you know, the choir was fine, but like like I've said before, you know, a lot of the choir music we did was church choir music that we were doing in my church at the same time. And so, mm. like at a college choir, you know, you th- you ought to be trying. Every we'd do a couple songs that were that were more technical Advanced. and more challenging. And you know, remember that "Mighty choir, Fortress Is Our God" song that you mm-hmm. conducted? That song was tough. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> but you know, I I just don't. If they, I mean, if they're serious about it, then I think, then I think they need to, to look at it from a serious perspective. Not, not how can we, not how can we. It's, I mean, offer something, but not really, not really do our job at what we're talking about. I, I, so, so well, then, so then this begs the question, and in the time we have left, we can we can wrap this up and talk about this. Begs the question, does. Is it important to even go to college? See, yes and no. I think you know. I think if you're going to be a worship leader at a contemporary church when you're just where you're just working with a band and doing the same thing every week, it's maybe less important because there are so many online resources now, like this one, like you know other communities that exist out there where you can kind of get your own education by just by just participating in that stuff, and you know. And we're a lot, we're just a more tech savvy generation that, well, the new generation, especially even more than us, where they can, they can figure things out and know how to use it and, and make things work for themselves. Right, they're, that, they're incredibly resourceful. And so, so I think it's less important maybe now than it was, but at the same time, it's, it's less important in the sense that, um, for people up and coming, wanting to get into it, it's easier to get in. 
and and appear as though you have knowledge but i think once you get in you realize pretty quickly that you need a lot more training and then there's a need to go back to school or so, i don't know so so i'm not explaining it very well no i hear what you're saying and i think i i think there's yeah there, there's some very valid points i'll i'll tell you my perspective on higher education for worship pastors i think you're right in terms of oftentimes when you actually get into that worship leadership position and you realize, wow, there, there's a whole lot of other things that I don't know or I'm having to figure out. And you realize that, boy, you know, four years of college uh, didn't necessarily prepare me for everything. And, and I think even, you know, I mean, Multnomah aside, you know, that whole survey aside, I think even really good worship uh, programs, worship music programs, I think even they will fall short because the the reality is once you get in that position, it changes. I mean, mm-hmm. it changes the way you think about it. But I will say that there there is something to be said about going to college. Um, there, there's something to be said about uh, about the the discipline of, uh, of of having to you know be diligent and faithful in homework. Uh, about the the stimulating your mind where every day you're in classes, you're being challenged, you're being shaped. Um, I mean, for me, it, it really did kind of shape who I was as a person. Maybe not so much musically, because like you mentioned a little earlier, I, I already had a pretty good musical background. It's not like Multnomah made me a musician. Uh, it, it maybe had a piece in it, but I think what Multnomah really did was shape me as a person, as a critical thinker, um, it helped develop, you know, life skills. Um, so, so for me, it's kind of it's kind of a dual answer because I I don't think that I I, I let me say it this way. I think that the best training for worship leadership happens by just doing it. Yeah. Like it, as much as much knowledge and classes and theoretical stuff that that's out there. You know, I mean, even just listening to podcasts or going online and, and, and seeing resources, when it comes down to it, the best way to learn as a worship leader is by just leading worship. Yeah, and, you know, that's uh, that's true, I think, of every of every profession. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, sure. And that's, that's one thing that's hard to understand about the church compared to most other professions. There is a training period before you're allowed to be you know, like you have to be an apprentice or you have to be a journeyman or you have to, you know, be a temp or whatever you want to, whatever they call it in the specific line of industry that you're trying to get into. But, but they don't let, you know, generally speaking, unless they, they have a reputation or have been working at another company where they've already gone through this, you don't, you don't just decide you're going to be an electrician and and go do it. Yeah. And, you know, there are lots of things you have to do and lots of steps you have to take to go through. And I think that's, I think the same should be true for churches. And, and I think, you know, the quality of what we do would be greatly increased if, if more churches started taking that approach to things and schools. And I think if, if our, if the places that are teaching worship focused more on that and giving and forcing, like uh, my wife went to school at university of Portland to be a teacher and from the first semester she was there, she had to be in a classroom. Mm. Not not full-time student teaching, but she had to be in a classroom every semester. And 
she said a lot of a lot of the people dropped out of that major after the first semester because they didn't like what they experienced, you know, being in the classroom. Mm. And so, like, so you know, the same is true for every every major. But you know, you could go spend your time, be, you know, wanting to be a worship pastor and get out there for six months and realize that this is not the right decision. <laughs> Whoops! And, but if but if schools, you know, force you to do that, then I think I think you're going to end up with a lot better end result. Yeah, and so. I mean, certainly room to improve. I mean, Multnomah has room to improve. I, I think every every Christian college with a music program has room to improve. Um, but you know, for me, bottom line, I think I think school um, is an important thing developmentally as a person, especially if you're a young person. Um, and, and not to mention, I didn't even get into this. Not to mention the fact that it, it's. Society-wise, society recognizes higher education. You know, I mean, whether we like it or not, that's just the fact. You know, if you have a college degree, uh, it's it's recognized and and it, you know, it it bodes better. I I should say. Um, it, but again, for me, I, I gotta say that I don't think I don't think Multnomah or music programs in general uh, teach everything. Um, I think the best way to do it is to just be a worship pastor or to do worship leadership and make sure that, that you're comfortable with it. Um, but there, there's some great things about school. And I had a pretty positive experience at Multnomah. And also, I met my wife there. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's cool. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, just one last note. I, and I went to two schools, and neither of them did this well. But, you know, it's leadership. And that's what we've talked about a little bit. But... You know, John Maxwell says everything rises and falls on leadership. And if you're not a good leader, if you're not equipped to be a good leader, you're not going to lead anybody or lead any kind of thing. So, yeah, that would be that probably be my biggest beef. Maybe like mm. you, you, you mentioned it too. just just more training on. Yeah. No, what I, I, leadership is and being a leader, not just not just leading I worship. Totally agree. Leading the, leading the ministry. Right. And, and that. Yeah, I, I said at the beginning that that was kind of my one big um, my, my my one big thing that I I think was lacking. It's just so so much of what I do, so much of what we do as worship pastors is leading, you know, not just leading people in worship, but leading musicians, leading our teams, being a leader, being a strong leader, being an effective leader, how to lead better so that you know so that people want to to follow us, how to lead people to a place where where they're excited to go um i mean leadership is a huge thing it mm-hmm. really is in in the church ministry i mean you got to be an effective leader mm-hmm. so yeah so all right that'll, that'll, that'll do it we're actually over time ah. so our first our first try we failed we tried <laughs> so uh hey you can get in touch with us online worship ministry catalyst.com you can uh well Forget the social network thing. We're probably not going to be doing that anymore because no. it costs money. And well, stink. Yeah. No more ning. No more ning. Ning. But uh, you can you can submit your info to our worship leader directory. Yeah. Go to our website worshipministrycatalyst.com and uh, and go to the directory or network. Click on network and then you'll have information there to go submit your information. Some people have been doing that, so that's good. And uh, hopefully, if all works out, next week. We'll be talking to Brent yes. from In Worship. I think if you go to BrentInWorship.com, you can check out who he is. He's from Southern Oregon. He's uh, got a fairly large uh, presence online. So cool. be interesting to talk to him and expand our network a little bit. And uh, 
Yeah, I think that's about it. You can uh, send me an email, David at or Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.